Welcome to Words of Restoration with the Anointed One. I pray that these words will bless you today in the name of Jesus Christ. Today's topic is When You Struggle with Your Faith, Part 1. Child of God, many Christians are struggling, currently struggling with their faith in Jesus Christ. Many will not admit to this because they want to look religious in front of their brethren or do not want to look like they have failed or backslided, especially if they are holding a position in the church. The truth is that until you are honest with yourself, you will not get any help and will continue to live under the pressure of pretending that all is well when it is not. A lot of Christians find themselves in this position because of several reasons. Number one, many find themselves in this position because they don't know the individual personality of the Trinity. This is what I mean. They do not understand that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit each have different roles. They don't understand that. They don't understand that God the Father is love, God the Son, grace, and God the Holy Spirit fellowship. And to make these matters worse, even in the prayer in the church, you hear things like the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. We recite this every day in church, and yet many of us cannot get a clue as to the fact that the Father is love, the Son is grace, and the Holy Spirit is fellowship. Hallelujah. And how each of them have different roles in the life of a believer. As far as many Christians are concerned, God is God, period. That's it. But you must understand that these roles enable you understand how to rightly relate with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. For instance, when Jesus had finished his work here on earth, he said to his disciples, he says, After this time, you will not need to ask me for anything anymore. Did you hear that? You will not need to ask me for anything anymore. So why? He says, because I'm going to pray the Father to send you another of the same kind, a paracletos. He calls him the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus goes on to reel out the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we speak, Jesus is ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. His job is done. Now, when he comes back, he's coming back to take his children on the day of judgment. So who do we have here on earth? We have God, the Holy Spirit, the one that lives inside you. And that is the one you interact with. Now, hear this. Every time you pray and ask God the Father, it has to be in the name of the Son. And that is as far as the Son's responsibility goes. Hallelujah. But I see here people who pray, Jesus, help me. Jesus, I ask you, Jesus, help me. But the truth about it, Jesus himself has already said, you don't ask me anything anymore. You only pray in my name. You see that. Number two, many do not know that the Bible is a compilation of the acts of God. That God inspired men to write about his acts, his deeds, and his relationship with men and women on earth. And that the Bible is divided into two parts, the role and responsibility of God towards his children and the role and responsibility of his children towards God. So what am I talking about? What I'm actually saying is 
the Bible is divided into two. It tells you about God's role and responsibility towards you and then tells you your own role and responsibility towards God. So the Bible is not about God dishing out and giving and giving and giving and giving. It is not a one-way traffic uh, book or responsibility. It is a book that contains what you have to do too. And so it's not about, oh, well, if God will say that's it. No. Listen, the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, it says, God is able to do, and I paraphrase, abundantly more than you ask for. It says, but according to the power at work in you. So which means there is a path for you to play. And so you find many Christians sitting down, hoping and praying, and when they should actually be doing something about it, they are sitting down and praying and hoping that, well, God will take control of everything. No, he's not going to take control of everything. And this is the point where many get frustrated. Number three, many do not know how to pray right. And so you find that a person praying the wrong way is expecting God to do things the right way. You're expecting a miracle, but you're praying the wrong way. Hallelujah. But because the prayer system and method they have adopted is wrong, no answer will come. You see, somebody says, I've been praying for four years, five years, six years. No answer has come. But is God deaf? Will God not hear you? Now, the book of Daniel chapter 10, the angel of the Lord said to Daniel, he says, right from the time you set your heart to pray, the Lord heard you. What does that tell you? It means even before you began to speak physically, the Lord heard the content of your heart. That's what, that's what the angel said to Daniel. And so you must understand that there is a right way to pray and there's a wrong way to pray. And if you don't know the right way to pray, it ends up in frustration. And so you find Christians who have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. At the end of the day, when it doesn't come true, they are frustrated. Their faith is shaken. Number four. Many do not know that there are different hours of prayer. Yes, I said that. Many do not know different hours of prayer in the day. There are pastors who don't even know this. And why are there different hours of the day? The hours of the day for effectiveness. There's prayer at 3 p.m. There's prayer at 12 midnight. It's a different prayer. There's a prayer at 9 a.m. in the morning. There's prayer at 3 a.m. in the morning. What are these prayers? Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that you cannot pray anytime you want to pray. But you must understand that there are certain hours that give effectiveness to your prayer. Hallelujah. And many don't even understand this. Praise the Lord. Number five. Many have trust issues in their lives. Many have trust issues in their lives. And by extension, unconsciously, they struggle to trust God. They live in the fear of disappointment because man has disappointed them or because they have experienced disappointment in their lives. They constantly live in the in life of disappointment or fear of disappointment. And the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God, which means as long as you don't trust God, as long as you live in fear, I'm sorry, you are going to find it difficult to please God. So you can pray from today till next year. As long as your prayer is on the foundation of fear, you are going to struggle to please God. Number six, 
You see, many Christians cannot draw a distinction between the activities, failures, and disappointments of men and women from God. You see, when men and women disappoint them, as far as they are concerned, God has disappointed them. The same measurement, the same treatment they give to God. And that's why you find many leave the church. Many walk away from the church. Why do they walk away from the church? Because they feel disappointed in the pastor, they walk away from the church. Because they feel disappointed in the member, they walk away from the church. But there is a difference between the God who owns the church and the pastor who is the caretaker put in charge of the church. And so you walk into another church, but you forget that the same God you left over there is still the same God that is in charge of the new church that you've gone to. And so we treat God alike with men. So if men have disappointed you, therefore God will also disappoint you. And we treat God with the same metric system. See what Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 to 6 says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Do you know what that means? Your understanding is deceptive. Your understanding will deceive you. Your feelings will deceive you. Understand this. Hallelujah. So we have trust issues. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. See what it says. It says, fear not. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Once you live in fear, brothers and sisters, hear this now. Fear does not select who to attack. Once the spirit of fear is upon you, it attacks both physical and spiritual beings. It will attack your friends physically. It will attack God himself because fear does not know any boundary. So the question is, why are you struggling with your faith? Because in case you have not noticed, you are studying your Bible less and less. Yeah, that's what's happening. You are studying your Bible less and less. Sometimes you don't even remember to study your Bible. Yeah. And you know, studying your, the word of God is like driving. The longer you live driving, the more you struggle with coming back to driving again. Yeah. The word of God is life. Now, another thing again is you are struggling with your faith as a result of the fact that you have gone back to the sin that you promised to stop. You know, the sin that you used to live in, the one you were doing before now, that you stopped when you became born again, you've gone back to them. Why? Maybe because friends from that era have come back. Or maybe because an, uh, your prayers are not answered. Or you are struggling in life and all of a sudden you go back to the sin. You've promised to stop it. Now you, are, you have stopped. You have even stopped putting effort into stopping it. You have begun to stay away from church. In fact, the church and the pastor now irritates you. You don't want to go to church. You don't, you know, no, I'm not interested in church anymore. And now even the church and the pastor irritates you because you feel no one understands you or gets you. You have begun to speak and act in fear. Child of God, know this today, that Satan has put in a lot of work to bring you to this point. As you are listening to me, understand that the way you are feeling now, the disgruntled feeling you have, the disappointment feeling that you have, the struggle you have in your faith today, that feeling that you have that makes you not want to go to church or even read the word or even worship, Satan put in a lot of work to bring you to this point. And until you get up and say enough is enough, 
he will triumph over you. Now, know this again. Your soul is the price. Your soul is the price. You choose today who you want to give your soul to. Let me read something to you. Romans chapter 6, verse 16 to 18. He says, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servant to obey, him servant are you to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, of disobedience, or obedience or righteousness. But God be thanked that you were servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servant of righteousness. Child of God, I leave you with this today. Desire to be a servant of righteousness because God heard your prayer in the beginning. He heard what you said, even in the intent of your heart. But he wants you to trust him. He wants you to come back to him today in the name of Jesus. As you do that, he will bless you, he will increase you, and he will open doors for you. To support this podcast and our ministry so that you can help us to continue to reach people around the world, please click on the link in the description. And until I come your way again, keep living in an atmosphere of restoration. God bless you.